And good afternoon, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and Happy Epiphany to all our GRN listeners across the South and Central Texas listening area. This is your live and local program. This is In His Vineyard. I'm Sean, your host for the program every Monday at noon. I'm also your general manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network South and Central Texas listening area. Thank you to everyone tuning in from Marble Falls, Fredericksburg, Kerrville, Uvalde, and right here in good old San Antonio. We're very thankful you've decided to spend your time joining us and getting caught up on all things Catholic in South and Central Texas. Joining me in studio is my wonderful co-host, Alexandra Kubabatu, a.k.a. Alex K. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, everybody. Now, together, Sean and I bring you various and informative discussions highlighting different people, ministries, events going on in the Archdiocese of San Antonio and parts of the Diocese of Austin. And today we'll be speaking with Father Ed Hoff, Missionary Oblate of Mary Immaculate. And he's also parochial vicar at St. Mary's Catholic Church in downtown San Antonio. And he's also on, uh, to, he's going to talk about to us about the yesterday solemnity of Mary, the mother of God, and give us some words on that. And also maybe today, um, today's uh, most holy name of Jesus. So um, we just finished celebrating the New Year's and we're back. And um, yeah, I'm just excited about this show. <laughs> Father Ed is, is a true um, gift to the church Amen. and to, to all of us here in San Antonio. Amen. Well, that sounds great, Alex. And of course, before uh, we begin, let's get the show started as we should do in all things, and that's in prayer. So wherever you might be, if you're in your car, you know, just look out ahead, meditate on the words as I pray, and join along with me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Uh, this prayer, of course, is attributed to uh, St. Francis of Assisi, and I think it's a great prayer to get the new year started. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love for it is in giving that we receive it is in pardoning that we are pardoned it is in dying that we are born to eternal life amen saint joseph protector of the holy church pray for us holy mary mother of god pray for us in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen, amen. wow happy new year alex I um oh, i can't believe it 2022 is finally upon us um, we've gotten through quite a bit in, in mm -hmm. the last two mm -hmm. years, of course, uh, looking back on the pandemic of 2020, yes. it continued into 2021, hopefully it doesn't <laughs> continue too long into 2022. So, <laughs> but, well, you know, yeah, the, but the good news is that all things come to an end. Amen. So, we, we've throughout history, we've gone through pandemic after <laughs> pandemic after pandemic. So this is just another one. And, you know, um, we pray to God that. You know, it, lives won't be as as uh, as affected as they they could be as long as we stay rooted in Christ and Amen. our faith in Christ. So, 
Yes, absolutely. No, I love how you say that, to stay rooted in Christ, especially. I mean, what better time than in the new year when so many people talk about new beginnings, fresh starts, and on and Mm -hmm. on and on. Mm -hmm. There's nothing better that you can do for yourself and for your family than to reacquaint yourself with that relationship uh, in in Jesus, you know, the foundation of all that is good and all that is holy, you you know, and actually, um, you know, in, in today's uh, I think uh, it, it's today's feast is the holy name of Jesus. Well, I mean, um, you know, start now. Yes. You know, start now. Understand that in that name of Jesus, um, you know, there, there's much power, um, it, it much source of um, of holiness and on and on. Uh, but, of course, we're going to save that part of the conversation yes. with <laughs> Father Ed Hoff uh, for sure. Uh, it is always a treat to have him on, and we'll be talking to him after our first break. Uh, right now, I want to get caught up on uh, some things going on right now uh, within the Guadalupe Radio Network, network-wide, that is, um, we did officially kick off the GRN car raffle for the 2022 uh, year. Um, so this is my first GRN car raffle as GM of the South and Central Texas market. I'm super excited. I've got some, um, you know, some lofty goals that I want to, you know, I, I want to accomplish. Um, I am a I'm a pretty competitive person, Alex. Are you? Yes, I, I am. <laughs> and we've got about seven different markets within the GRN Um and I want the South and Central Texas market to be number one. Me too. I mean, can can on, you blame folks. me for that, folks? Help us out. Help <laughs> yeah. us out here. <laughs> you can definitely help us out, folks. Uh, you can call up here to the, you know, to the office at 210-579-9844 to make your purchase. Uh, either Mario or myself, uh, you know, can help you out, uh, in, in making that purchase. Uh, we've also got, of course, the GRN, uh, website that you can visit. That's GRN online.com forward slash raffle. And uh, if you didn't catch the the morning kickoff show uh, earlier today at the eight o'clock hour. Of course, uh, you know Dave Palmer, our executive director there in the North Texas area, you know was was kicking off the you know the the car raffle, um, getting its official start. Um, and you know, like like he says, you know, and like we discussed uh, with each other, if you've got you know that that champagne taste on that beer budget, <laughs> this would be a great opportunity to get, you know, to have a chance uh, at winning this thing. It's How much tw- are the tickets? It's $25 uh, each ticket or five tickets for a hundred dollars. You get a freebie. Yeah, I'm telling you, <laughs> you, you know, I mean, and it's awesome. You know, Miss Jeannie Knotts of New Braunfels uh, was last year's winner and she's just got an amazing story, uh, of course. But again, folks, for more information, you can call up here to the station 210-579-9844 or go to the website grnonline.com forward slash raffle. Uh, and of course, is you know, I want to also add as we, you know, begin today's program, um, I want to offer uh, my prayers, our prayers for Archbishop Gustavo and his family as they cope with a family medical emergency at the present time. Um, we also want to ask that you pray for Father Lennon. Um, he was the he's the pastor of Saint Jose Sanchez del Rio uh, over here off a of, off a of Blanco, and he was the previous pastor at Saint Helena Catholic Church. Um, he was involved in a bicycle accident over the weekend. Uh, now I was told um, that you know he he's in good spirits. He had a couple of surgeries uh, and what have you. And he is in good spirits and is confident he'll be riding again in the in no time and Brave i man. when Brave i man. when i heard that alex <laughs> i was like wow i mean 
I never really thought riding a bicycle was hazardous to your health, but I'm telling you, I mean, I had a goal of, um, you know, being more active and, you know, losing some pounds, you know, in this, in this year. It's one of my, um, you know, one of my, I guess, uh, resolutions, whatever. Uh, I don't know now. You know, I'm a little nervous now about getting on a bike now. So <laughs> I might be able to get on a bike that just doesn't go forward. Okay? <laughs> yeah, I, I totally get that. Yeah, you know. Amen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've also got the Texas Rally for Life coming up on January 22nd. Okay, so the Texas Rally for Life taking place uh, in the, the you know the the state capital uh, is on, on uh, January 22nd. Locally, though, the San Antonio Rally will be taking place on Main Plaza from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Again, that's January 22nd from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. here locally at Main Plaza. Um, The San Antonio Family Association, Chavano Family Practice, and Allied Women's Center are going to be co-sponsoring that event. For more information, uh, you can go to sanantoniofamilyassociation.com. And the last thing before I turn it over to you, Alex, um, believe it or not, on New Year's Eve, I joined the Knights of Columbus. Oh my gosh! I did. You, I, you took the plunge. I, Excellent. I, I certainly did. It Wonderful. had been something I had wanted to do for for some time now. Uh, thanks to the you know uh, to the encouragement of several different folks. You know, uh, after my axe retreat, you know, I felt like I, I wanted to 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 do more. Um, you know, we have a great supporter in, in Russell Williams. Uh, you know, he's a knight. Uh, he's one of the knights, uh, you know, there at Prince of Peace Catholic Church. Uh, he's been very uh, involved with things that, you know, we, we do here um, at, you know, at the KJMA station. And I got to tell you, and just talking to him and, and talking to, you know, uh, the knights uh, there at my own parish at St. Helena, uh, Roland Roger, I mean, they do great work. Mm-hmm. They, they really do. And after coming, um, you know, out of that retreat, that axe retreat that I had, uh, back in October, I really felt that, you know, the, the light of Christ isn't there for us to keep it harbor to ourselves. It's there to shine bright. Yes. All right. And for others to see. And that's exactly, you know, what, what I want to do with that. Uh, so again, thank you to everybody involved in, uh, you know, in encouraging me to, to, to do this. Uh, it's, it's been great. So what about you, Alex? I mean, I've been, taking like the last 10 minutes to talk. I'm sorry about that. No, no, <laughs> I had a lot to talk about. Oh, no, yeah. Tell no, us what's uh, what's going on you know, in, in, in your world. That is an amazing thing that you joined the Knights. My husband recently joined as well, and it's an amazing organization. They they really do help foster genuine masculinity in, within the church, and um, they do so many acts of service, and um, they encourage prayer and praying the rosary and, and you know, use taking up your weapon. Your rosary yeah. as as the the weapon of choice um, given to us by by God through our our, our holy mother. So, um, speaking of our holy mother, yesterday um, was the solemnity of Mary, Mother of God, and uh, I'm sorry, the Saturday Saturday was, was yeah. the solemnity of the Mary, Mother of God, right. and um, it, it was it's, it, it got me reflecting on 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 several things, right? So, um. As we know, I think, and we're going to probably talk about this before, you know, it was um, in the Council of Ephesus in 431 that um, Mary was declared as a theotokos, right? It's a Greek word for God bearer, yeah. right? Um, and she, from what I understand, the church has these kinds of um, declarations through the councils and things so that they can protect truths um, about Jesus, Right. Yeah. So in, in this, 
in this case, you know, and, and this is what, I, what I've learned um, through um, uh, studying, right, that um, the, the Council of, of Ephesus names Mary as the God bearer to protect the truth about Jesus, that he was born fully human and fully God. He was both, right? Because, of course, like I think you mentioned it before the show, the heresies at the time. Yeah. So, um, and, and that, that's such a profound truth to start the year off with. Amen. And, um, and January 1st is always begins with establishing that truth to us through the church that uh, Jesus is both God and man, right? He was born, he was the, the son of man because he was born from from Mary, right, who is fully human, um, but he's also the son of God. And, you know, and I've had a lot of um, non-Catholic friends kind of, you know, tell me, you know, well, that we shouldn't have that kind of reverence towards Mary. Well, you know, and uh, it's, I, I like how you say that because when you, when you talk about your non-Catholic friends, there are Christian brothers, of course, uh, yes. you know, there, there still are Christian brothers uh, and sisters out there, but sometimes with some Catholics, okay, that I've interacted with, they have a, t- I mean, they accept the reality of Mary being the mother of God, but it's hard for them to say it out loud sometimes. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. And, um, I think, the perception is that we're elevating Mary above God as, a, as if God is the mother of the Trinity, which we've never said that she is. Right. Right. She's not the mother of God, the father or the Holy Spirit. He's, she's the mother of the second person of Christ, Amen. Jesus. Right. Um, so I think that's maybe where that confusion is. Right. And, right. Um, but see, and I like how you say that. And I love where, where this is going. And like, like we discussed, you know, we'll talk more about this with Father Ed right, when we have him on. Right. Uh, but to say that Mary is mother of God points directly to her son, which is what she does in all things. She points us to Jesus. Yes. Okay. And Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. He's God. Mm-hmm. Okay. So again, uh, I've been told, and again, in, in what I've read and, and such too, uh, Jesus came as, you know, incarnated into this world with two natures, a divine nature and a human nature. But you don't give birth to natures. You give birth to people. Yes. Okay. And God the Son became man through the, the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Yes. Amen. Amen. Wow. What a profound, <laughs> a profound truth. Yes. Uh, and I just love year. how the church, you know, they, these are those gifts that the church gives us. Yes. Um, you know, these, these solemnities, these feast days. Um, and we also just completed, of course, you know, back in December, you know, the, um, you know, the solemnity of the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Yes. Uh, we're actually, um, oh, and there's the music. There's Man, the that music. was a quick 15 <laughs> minutes. Yeah, wow. That was quick. Uh, well, folks, don't change the station. All right. You're tuned in right now to your local GRN uh, station. So keep it right there. When we come back from the break, we will bring on Father Ed Hoff, Oblate of the Mary Immaculates. All right. We'll be right back. The San Antonio Family Association wants your participation in this year's March and Rally for Life on January 22nd. 
The march begins at 1 p.m. on Main Plaza and the rally will follow. Join other San Antonio residents who will come out not just to protest the tragic Roe v. Wade decision, but will publicly celebrate the Texas heartbeat law and bear witness to the beauty of life. For more info, visit SanAntonioFamilyAssociation.com. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. When you become a parent, you start to realize all the new and scary ways in which you can mess up. So that's one reason we parents need the virtue of courage. It takes courage to not be afraid of the future, to trust that God is with you through the ups and the downs, and that he is with you in this present moment. Choosing to not avoid the hard parts of parenting, like confronting your teen on difficult issues, or being vulnerable with your spouse, or holding the line with your children when the rest of the world is caving. All of this takes courage. C.S. Lewis memorably said, courage is not simply one of the virtues, but the form of every virtue at its testing point. We need this kind of strength in our marriage and family life. The Lord says to us in Deuteronomy, be strong and courageous, for the Lord your God is the one who is going with you. He will not desert you or abandon you. Our Lord is with us, so take courage. For more inspiration and encouragement for your family, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. Hi, this is Sean Rice, General Manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network in South and Central Texas. Business owners, do you enjoy listening to your favorite Catholic radio programs? Have you learned more about our Catholic faith because of what you listen to? Please consider a sponsorship or underwriting opportunity to help keep your airwaves Catholic across South and Central Texas. Give me a call at 210-579-9844 to learn more. God bless you. And welcome back, folks. Thanks for tuning in to your local GRN Catholic radio station. This is Sean Rice, your host for In His Vineyard, the program that you're listening to right now across the South and Central Texas markets. Uh, Before, uh, of course, we went to break, I told you that we're going to be bringing on uh, Father Ed Hoff. Um, he's, of course, the uh, parochial vicar there at St. Mary's here in San Antonio. Uh, that's downtown San Antonio. So uh, without further ado, let us welcome Father Ed to the program. Father Ed, thanks for coming in today, and thanks for uh, joining us to talk about uh, all things Catholic and all things Mary, really. Amen. Good to be with you. <laughs> awesome. For our listeners that aren't familiar with uh, with your work and with what you do and you know uh, who you are, uh, could you give us a, a brief introduction as to, you know, you know, where you know what um you know what you do i know you've you know how long you've been in the priesthood i think uh, before the show we were talking about how long you've been serving uh you know in the vineyard of the lord as as a priest and such I and mean, can you just introduce yourself to all our listeners sure i guess <laughs> uh been a priest about 55 years uh with the missionary hoblates of mary immaculate and uh, uh wound up when i was a young boy going to a high school run by the hoblates and so they nabbed me, and uh, <laughs> uh, I thought about being a priest anyway, but uh, when I've met them, this is the group I wanted to be with. So I've been with uh, the Albates probably about 63 or 64 years Wow! at the present time, but uh, ordained uh, about 55 as a priest and served all over the United States, at least the eastern part of the United States, now in the south as well. So um, right now, the work that I'm mostly doing um, here in San Antonio, in addition to being parochial vicar at St. Mary's, is work in the area of deliverance ministry, mm-hmm. um, where we're people coming 
who are affected and infected with um, things that are coming out of the demonic world, whatever that may be. It could be just somebody, somebody they've inherited because of their family members being involved in something, or they've inherited other things, families breaking up, you know, um, divorces, all that. All of that brings in demons, and people don't realize that. So my work is to get them out of uh, people. So I have a team, and we work together, uh, that I uh, put together at St. Mary's, and so we have that team, and people will come in, and we do an intake with them, and, and then work, figure out what we what they most need, and then we, we work to get that out of them. Um, it's really joyful work. It's important work, but it can be a little bit scary at times. Sure. But, but not in the point of view that I'm scared of anything. I'm just not. I don't. Demons don't bother me at all. I have more power than they have. They just don't like me to saying that or like that that's true. <clears throat> but in the process of, uh, of working with them, we're finding, you know, their really true love of the Lord down underneath all of that. So we're bringing that to the fore and getting rid of whatever, you know, they've picked up along the way that's holding them prisoner, basically. So that's the main work I'm doing right now. In addition to doing uh, Catholic television, which I have my own program uh, on Catholic television here in San Antonio. It's nationwide now. Wow. And it's a um, program simply called Journey from Darkness to Light. And it, in the first 30 shows that we've done, uh, we're exposing all the darkness. <clears throat> you know, sort of all the ways that Satan gets into your life. And you would not believe all the ways unless you listen to all those programs, but unbelievable ways that he gets in. And now hopefully, uh, starting with the new year, we're going to start working on trying to focus on the light part. You know, sure. What is available to you so that you can learn, first of all, not to fall into that, but then also, if you do, how to get rid of it. You know, So we'll see what we can do and help people. So, as I said, we're all over the country uh, right now, through uh, mainly through uh, either Roku or you know, uh, Amazon Fire Stick. So. No, that sounds great, Father. And I, you know, to to get our our conversation started, of course, you know, uh, you and I, uh, you know, prior to the show, you know, we were discussing about some of the, um, you know, titles that and some of the feast days and some of the solemnities that uh, our church gives us, you know, regarding you know our, mm. our blessed, uh, you know, Mother, uh, you know, the, the Virgin Mary. Um, and one thing I I thought about really uh, in depth leading up to this weekend was, you know, we we celebrate. The, you know, the solemnity of Mary, Mother God on January 1st, you know, on New Year's Day. Uh, I think I was looking at something on, on Facebook or on the internet, you know, over the weekend. Uh, and of course it was, it, it was a, a subtle, you know, subtle image where, you know, the rest of the world is like, Oh, happy new year, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And yes. then for Catholics, it's like, Happy Feast of the Solemnity of the Mother of God. <laughs> yes. You know? <laughs> you know so, uh, you know, could, could you speak to us about, you know, this, this title, uh, that has been given to, you know, Mary, Mother of God? And she's got several different titles, but can you speak to, you know, the importance and significance of Mary, Mother of God? And how did it come about that we would start celebrating it to ring in the new year, Father? That's an interesting question because as I think I was mentioning to you earlier, this feast day, January 1st, has had at least five different names in my lifetime, mm-hmm. you know, from the circumcision of the Lord to the octave day of Christmas and all, all of which are great things to celebrate, you know, in the church. Uh, but be, just before Vatican II in, in that particular area, they began to focus on what this feast day really is all about. Yes, it's the beginning of a new year, and that's wonderful. 
a great op- opportunity in this new year to grow closer to the Lord and uh, grow in our sanctity, try to become the saints that we're called to be, all of us. But that would not be possible. None of it would be possible. Holiness would not be possible. Um, except for one thing. This little 14-year-old girl said yes. That yes from Mary's, let it be done to me according to your word, changed everything. Because one of the things um, that we sometimes forget, God is invisible. You know, He's a spirit. And so for years and years and years and years, centuries actually, people could only worship an image that they had in their mind because there was nothing else. <clears throat> because he was, you know, spirit, and therefore, it's hard to love and obey what you can't see, right? Or hear, or feel, or taste, or touch, or smell, whatever. Because we work through our senses, you know. That's how human beings operate. But as we, you know, many of the early theologians, you know, Saint Bernard, and many of the other people who had really special devotions to Mary, began to explain things on a deeper level. We came to that under deeper understanding. Number one. God the Father knew that it was very hard for us to obey what we cannot see, feel, taste, touch, or smell, okay? Because that's how we operate. So, what the Father's plan was that because man had sinned and fallen to the dregs of Satan's world, he had to be redeemed by a man. So, he had to have a man to redeem mankind. But man of himself is not able to redeem anything because he's weak, broken, and sinful, right? Yeah. So he asked his perfect son, the second person of the Trinity, which is simply God's reflection of himself. That sounds kind of silly, but I often tell people, if you look in a mirror, what do you see? Yourself. You see, yeah, I see myself. Well, in God, because he's totally dynamic and there's no negativity in God, that self is another person. And so... You have the person of God, the second person of the Trinity. And he's asked that second person, his son, if he would come into the world as a human, which I said something in my homily yesterday, for us, for God to come from his divinity into humanity is infinitely greater than if you became a flea or an ant, you know, okay. that come down, you know, from where you are to down to the, the smallest little microbe, you know. This is way what greater pers- than that. Yeah, what right. a perspective. So you have the divinity coming into humanity. In order to accomplish that, he needed to take on a second nature. He's, he's a person, and his nature is God, divinity, which is, in fact, love, because the whole essence of God is love. God is love, right? That's not who he is, it's what he is. And so, in order to do that, he had to have a human instrument for him to take on human nature. The human nature could not come just simply by wishing it. So, from all eternity, in a sense, God planned to have this young girl prepared for that moment. But the final effect of that was still within her ability to say yes or no. Because right. he never violates our free will, you know. I tell people all the time, and I tell you guys as well, you have been in the mind of God as long as God has existed, which means you're already eternal. How did you get into his mind? 
Well, he had an infinite number of people he possibly could have created to live with him forever. And you're the one he picked out of that infinite number. He has a different infinity with each one of us. So yeah. you've been in the mind of God forever. So was Mary. <clears throat> but he prepared her, as you know. This is the declaration of the truth of the Immaculate Conception, which Pius IX, St. Pius IX now has said, in view of the future merits of the death and resurrection of her son, Mary is preserved free from original sin. We've been set free from original sin by our baptism, but she was preserved for it without even needing a baptism. She was baptized in a sense already because of the view of the future. Death right. and With God, there is no future or right. past. It's all now. So, you know, he did it in that moment. So then with Mary's yes, which he said, of course, to the angel, let it be done to me according to your word. A pretty profound statement for a 14-year-old, which is about all she was when, the, when she was asked to do this. But she had been brought up in the temple. She had been brought up knowing the Lord. She had been brought up with great, wonderful parents, both of whom were saints. And so she said that yes, and in that moment, the human nature of Jesus was now infused into him as he was an infant in the womb, just like we've been in the womb. And, and he grew through those nine months, as, as we know. So then, at God's appointed time, he was born, which is what we celebrate so beautifully with our Christmas celebration, born of Mary and brought into the world so that now, as a human, he could accomplish everything the Father had for him to accomplish, which was, namely, to save mankind, to cut all other humans on the face of the earth and cleanse them, purify them, and make it possible. <coughs> but he had to defeat Satan to do that. And since Satan is an angel, not eternal, angels were created, but since Satan was an angel and a very powerful one of that, the most powerful of all of the angels, he needed, you know, that kind of demonic essence needs a greater power to break his hold over mankind. And so Jesus came into the world to do just that. He came in to expel the demons, to heal the sick, you know, to teach the truth, to... The same three things that all of us are called to do, by the way, you know, by our baptism. We're called to be apostles, yeah. which is what he sent all the apostles out to do, do those three things. Teach the truth, which is evangelization, right. heal the sick, and expel the demons, which is what we're doing all day long in my office, but we're doing it, I hope other people are doing it as well. So the point, nevertheless, is that Mary now becomes the theotokos, as you mentioned, the Greek word, and simply means mother of God. Many of the early heresies have said, you know, she was mother of the human, but she couldn't be mother of the divine because she's not divine. Well, like you said before, you don't give birth to a nature, you give birth to a person. You know, right. The person has two natures, the only one in history, but nevertheless, they're both real. So she's not only mother of his human nature, but mother of the person who took on that human nature, and that person is God. Right. Mm -hmm. So she's the mother of God as well. And that's what we celebrate on January 1st, the Feast of Mary, the Mother of God. She's not simply the mother of his humanity. No, she's the mother of his divinity as well because his divinity is part of his person. Even though, as St. Paul tells us in the second chapter of Philippians, though he was in the form of God, in other words, he had God's nature, he emptied himself, took on the form of a slave, which is human nature, becoming human in all things. 
which means he set aside his divinity when he was here on earth and acted purely in his humanity. So he did all the things we humans do. He suffered. He was hungry. He had to eat. He had to sleep. You know, had pain. You know, all the things that, that we as humans suffered. Jesus suffered as well. But all of those are the result of original sin. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God in the garden, and they were expelled from the garden because, and here's a really important thing for people to understand, what was their sin? Pride? Yes, totally. And if anybody out there was saying, because they ate the apple, forget it. The word, <laughs> apple's, not even, the word apple's not even in Scripture. It's the fruit of right. the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Amen. In Hebrew, knowledge, like in English, means power. So if you have power over good and evil, then you have the power to say what's good and what's evil. And God says, no, you don't. Yeah. That's my prerogative only. Everything is good if it fulfills my will. It's evil if it violates my will. So God's will is the matrix upon which either good or bad is, is decline, you know, defined. So when Adam and Eve chose to be equal to God, by eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, taking the power of God on themselves. That's what they got thrown out of, of Eden for, because there is no room for more than one God, you know, so out you go. And they had to learn to repent, hopefully, whatever Adam and Eve means, you know, scripturally. It's, it's more symbolic than, than two real people, but there was certainly early humans who did their own thing. Which is the main sin of our modern culture, as you can obviously see, where man has expelled God. Here in the United States, we've expelled him from our government, we've expelled yeah. him from our schools, we've expelled him from our courtrooms, from our public buildings and everything. You know, not welcome there anymore. Man is God. So I choose what I want to do and I choose what's right or wrong for me. Uh, you don't get to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just one of those things that f- flies totally contrary to reality. Because my human nature cannot define anything, what's good or bad. Only God can do that. So when we follow God's will and give in to God's will as often as possible, we're holy, we become saints. You know, we become other Jesuses in one sense, or other Marys, but even better. Um, but when we commit sin, the wonderful part about it is that when He came and by His passion, death, and resurrection, overcame Satan's powers, because Satan's only most powerful tool is death. And Jesus overcame death by rising from the dead. So Satan has no more power in that regard, except what we give him. Now, if I give my life over to Satan, and I do that every time I sin, especially seriously sinful, then he has power over me. It's almost, uh, there's a wonderful series of books out there by a non-Catholic, but very wonderful Christian author, um, uh, by the name of, of uh, uh, Robert Henderson, but he gives us some marvelous books on what we call the uh, courtroom of God. So you're, you're dealing in the, in the courts of heaven. So all those books are on the courts of heaven. So whenever we sin, you know, we're, we're basically standing before the judge, who is God, and the prosecuting attorney, who is Satan, Rome, uh, Revelation 3, the accuser of the brethren. So he comes in and tells us, he did this, he did that, she did this, she did that. The Holy Spirit is your advocate, advocate your paracletus, yeah. which means your mouthpiece or your lawyer, who says, yes, but your son died for that, and this person has repented and confessed that. 
and the judge bangs the gavel down and says, case dismissed. Mm. And Satan has to take off and run like a devil that he is, you know, get out of, yeah. God, out of God's sight. However, if we haven't repented of the sin and we've confessed the sin and living in the sin, Satan now has a right over you to take over your whole being. He has a right to make you sick. He has a right to kill you, which is what he's trying to do in all of our culture. That's his work. Into this horrible experience comes Mary. Sinless, perfectly sinless from the moment of her conception. She's never sinned, not even of angels, nothing, because right. she was protected from all of that by God's power. Jesus, uh, through the Holy Spirit, dwelling within her, because basically we forget the fact that while Jesus is the reflection of the Father made personal, the Holy Spirit is Jesus' own nature. He is love, and the Holy Spirit is the love between the Father and the Son. It's God's a family. There's a Father, there's a Son, and there's the love between them. So that Holy Spirit, who is the love between God the Father and the Son, comes into us, as he did into Mary, at the moment of our baptism, the moment I pour that water over a baby's head or an adult, that immediately the Holy Spirit comes in, and once the Spirit is in there, original sin is gone, because original sin is just the lack of divine life within us. Right. Just empty, if nothing. We're an empty garbage can. <laughs> but then he fills it and makes of it a beautiful face, you know, of God's presence within us. When we sin, God says, if it's serious, God says, you don't want me here? Okay. And he leaves. Yeah. Now we're back where we started from, you know. And Satan's having a field day. And that's when he has the power to make us sick, do all the terrible things that Satan tries to do in our life, and which is what he's doing. <clears throat> and so we see this going on in our culture. Let me just take it one step further for a second. It'll help people to understand it. <clears throat> when two people fall in love with each other but are involved in a sinful relationship with each other, Guess what? You know, now Satan has entered into that relationship, and now you've got him in there doing what he does in all people, trying to kill you. So he makes the marriage sick and then destroys it through divorce. We have the highest percentage of divorce of any country in the world in the United States 67% of first marriages, 75% of second marriages, 85% of third marriages end in divorce. Wow. Oh my goodness. Statistically speaking, 33% of children born in our country are born out of wedlock. So one out of every three, actually greater than one out of every three. Hmm? Wow. Born without um, yes. a married mother and father, you know, they're not. And so many people, even among our Catholic brother, and I see this all the time, which is one of the things that I'm doing work in my office all the time to correct, is where you see husbands and wives married but they haven't been married by the priest oh they got married by the judge or whatever you know but they're going to go to church every sunday and receive communion and it's like hello yeah you're living in mortal sin and satan is already into your life and he's already working to destroy that relationship right so in fact i had one just over this weekend i was attending a wedding and one of the people members of the wedding came up to me and started to talk and i explained the situation so the result of the conversation was she's now going to call me sometime this week to set up an appointment to come in to get the marriage validated. Yeah. And it's easy to do because only the husband was, pre was married before and he wasn't married by a priest and he's Catholic, so there's nothing there that's a non-entity, so we can put them together. And then they're back in the state of grace, and now good things can happen and that marriage can hopefully be saved. Right. Yeah, so 
All of these things are going on in our culture where Satan is entering in and doing all of that. In the midst of all of this, and I want to, I've led up to this for this reason, the greatest weapon that we have against Satan in our culture is Mary. Amen. Now, I don't mean to put out Jesus in there, because Jesus is the greatest of all, you know, because he has all the power. But Mary is our advocate before God in some ways. You know, she prays for us all the time. Uh, when we are in a deep relationship with her. Wow, and that's the music. Sure. Um, Father, we're going to continue the conversation uh, when we come back. Again, we're having a great talk with Father Ed Hoff. Don't change the station. Keep it dialed in right there to your local GRN Catholic radio station. This is In His Vineyard. We'll be right back. keeping you informed and inspired. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. News and information, Catholic conversation, inspiration, fun, and prizes are involved. Log on to our website to get all the details, to find all the information, the podcast, the videos, and so much more. GRNonline.com. That's GRNonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard the church criticized for defending celibacy? What about for defending marriage? Have you ever heard it accused of showing contempt for women, but also sneered at because only women go there? Have you ever heard it attacked for asceticism, but also for extravagance? How about for being dull? How about for being too garish? How about for being too worldly? or too unworldly, or insisting that people confess their sins, or showing too much mercy to sinners. Notice any contradiction among the critics? G.K. Chesterton says, here's a broad and simple test. If you hear a thing being accused of being too tall and too short, too red and too green, too bad in one way, and too bad also in the opposite way, then you may be sure that it is very good. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. It was somewhat of an accident, and I have a lot of windshield time driving for work, and usually I'm listening to my gospel music, and so I wanted to find something else different, and so I started scrolling. I found Guadalupe Radio. I started listening to it on a regular basis, and what I realized, had I found this station years ago, my conversion would have probably happened years ago. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome back, GRN listeners. This is In His Vineyard, and I'm your host, Sean Rice, General Manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network's South and Central Texas listening area. Having a great conversation today with Father Ed Hoff, parochial vicar at St. Mary's uh, Catholic Church in downtown San Antonio. Uh, Before we went to break, he was discussing with us, of course, Mary as the perfect weapon against Satan. Would you go ahead and pick up where you left off, Father? Well, I think something we were saying there is really important here, that Mary's humility is the great antidote to Satan's pride. Amen. And we all have pride to some degree because most of us have terrible self-esteem, to be honest with you. There's a reason for that because it comes from inadequate fathering in our culture. 
which is Indo-European, and it's all throughout the whole Indo-European model, you know. But Mary makes herself available to us. God gave her to us when he gave her to John on the cross. Woman, behold your son. That's all of us who come under that title. So she's our mother, and she wants to do the same thing that she did with her son, Jesus. She wants to establish in our human nature as much of God's nature as possible. Now, we're never going to become God. We're not going to ever take his full nature. But to pick up his qualities, to pick up what comes out of his divinity, his mercy, his love, his tenderness, his compassion. Mm -hmm. His inheritance. (laughs) Everything, yeah. And we inherit all that. Kind of a generational blessing instead of a generational curse, which is what I'm dealing with all the time. So for me, uh, as an oblate of Mary Immaculate, my understanding of her role in my life in working with me through my priesthood, but this is true of everybody, not just me. But for me, the way to get into that deeper relationship with her is through prayer, especially the rosary, because the rosary is a weapon like a nuclear warhead. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it, it destroys Satan's kingdom. Um, that rosary has more power than you can possibly imagine. It's the greatest weapon that God ever gave to us, other than the Eucharist itself. Um, so with my crazy schedule, as weird as it may be, and I mean, it, not only the parish schedule itself, confessions, masses, and all that, but then also... Uh, all the work in the office that I'm doing, plus radio, plus television, all of that. I make every effort that I can to get either five or six rosaries in every day. Five or six? Wow. wow. In addition to divine office, you know, which also yes. takes some And plus my own private prayers, which I have sure. to take another half hour. I get it, That's why I get up early. I just do it early in the morning before I get started. I don't take anything in the office until 10 o'clock yeah. so that I have those hours to... Because if I don't start off with that, I'm... I'm God may as well put a bullseye on my yeah. thing and have Satan shoot at it. So we celebrate this feast of the Mary, the mother of God, because in that feast we are recognizing the fact that she gave birth not just to his human nature, but to his divinity as well. She has not, in the right sense, power over him, but she has power with him. Right. I can put it that way. He'll do anything she asks him to do. Right. So I... <laughs> Go to Mary, you know, is one of, the, one of the things that you want to do. You ask her, the old story is, you know, the people that Peter says, no, you can't come into heaven at the front door, run around the back door, and she pulls him up by her rosary. Because <laughs> Mary is intent on making us as holy as possible. She's a good mother in that yes. regard. She's a model for married couples as well, you know, for her to be the role as woman, yes, in humility, to surrender herself to the lead leadership of Christ the high priest, but the f- husband is the priest of the household. So there's a perfect blending there, you know, of, of the two natures coming together. So that feast is incredibly important that we understand that. And that comes out of the feast we celebrated earlier, which is her Immaculate Conception. Right. Yes. And by the way, on the 12th of December, we celebrate, of course, here in the Hispanic community, here is a really important feast of Our Lady Guadalupe. Our Lady Guadalupe is in the picture, when she painted herself or imaged herself on the tilma of Juan Diego, she's pregnant in that image because she has that black cord tied around her, which is the sign in Aztec uh, reality of a woman who is pregnant. I'm telling you this because I know of people who have experienced it. 
if you go to Mexico City and you see the image on the wall of the new basilica, behind that, which you don't see, there's a room. And when you're in the room, the light from the cathedral comes through that picture and the baby in her womb is moving. Mm. Wow. A number of people that I've known who've been there have seen it. The Mexicans have always said, this is a living image. It is Mary. She's yeah. living in that picture. Now, it sounds crazy. It sounds totally contrary to old nature, but right. it's true. Right. So therein, she's professing to the whole Western world, she's the mother of God, who's alive in her womb. And so when we go to her, we're automatically led into, into Jesus. She always funnels us to her son. She leads us yes. to her son. Always. You yeah. mentioned that earlier, and I think it's important that people understand that. Yeah. So if you want, if you find it hard to get to Jesus, go through Mary. Yeah, because she's human, just like the rest of us. You know, she had her ups and her downs. She had suffering. She had everything the same we have it. God's most perfect creature. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. And um, you know, morally the most perfect. Everything. So I, you know, make sure I spend lots of time with her every day sure. as much as I can, so that you can learn, you know, more and more. And as you go through the and you notice the rosaries, all all about Jesus, not yeah. about Mary at all, except for a couple of things in the joyful mysteries but all of that's pretty much about her so that's you know that's really important that we've we've just begun this new year under mary's view under her guidance her leadership and if we pray to her and invite her to come into this into our lives during this new year she will lead us into that deeper relationship with jesus which we all need because i don't want to get into this in any depth at all but there is something coming which all the prophets have been mentioning, all the ones that I know are real, that we will soon have an illumination of conscience. We will all see ourselves exactly as God sees us. We'll know all of our sins. We'll know everything. But it's a wonderful, beautiful, and what they're saying, the last act of God's mercy before his judgment comes. And so it'll be wonderful but painful to go through, I think, for all of us, you know. Um, And so that's why I, for example, make it a, uh, tension at least every two weeks to get to confession. In fact, after I leave here, that's where I'm going. So, wow. Well, uh, many of us are are, yeah, are having uh, New Year's resolutions right now. And I, I'm sure probably, you know, a lot of us Catholics or even non-Catholics um, are trying to resolute our, our lives into maybe becoming better human beings, right? Maybe avoiding, you know, um, sins in a certain way. Maybe some people want to drink less alcohol or do, you know, less... Yeah sinful things right and and be more holy right as we're called to be and um you know sometimes we think it's about willpower but what i've i've that will get you nothing yeah but what what i've um come to find is that it's more about surrender Mm -hmm. um can you speak to us a little bit about how mary can help us surrender sure because her whole life was an act of surrender when she was asked you know you will bear a son and you'll call his name Jesus and so on. How can this be? I don't have any relationship with a man. Speaking of the name of Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So she said, when the angel explained to her what God's plan was, she said, let it be done to me according to your word. I'm the handmaid of the yes. Lord. Yes. I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me. Since she's a servant of the Lord, she's the servant of all of the Lord's people as well. So she serves us in bringing us the holiness of Christ. The best New Year's resolution we can make is to grow holier through Mary and into Jesus. And if we're doing that, 
things will change in our life forever. There's a peace that Jesus said that only God can give, a peace that the world cannot give. We experience that peace when we do the hardest thing that any human being has ever been asked to do. And I've, told, I've said this from the pulpit at least 500 times. The hardest thing anyone will ever have to do is not burying your child, as hard as that could be, or I just recently buried my brother, or any of these things. Hard as it is, it's not the hardest thing. The hardest thing ever you'll have to do is to surrender your will to the will of God. Mm. Mm. But his will is for your good. His will is for your happiness. His will is for your salvation. His will is for your joy. And his will is for a peace that the world cannot give. Who doesn't want that? You're not going to get it through doing the worldly things. You're not going to get it through money. You're not going to get it through power. You're not going to get it through pleasure. You're not going to get it through watching television or being on Facebook. or any, None of that's going to do it. Right. It's only surrendering to the will of God. So you study that will and you learn it. Mm-hmm. People say, well, how do I know what it is? I said, read the will. It's called the New Will and Testament for a reason. <laughs> get, in there, get in there and read it. You know, read the word of God. It, it'll come alive because it is a living word. Yeah. Like Mary's picture is a living picture. This is a living word. It'll come into you. It'll begin to change form and change your life. Just a quick commercial here. For those of you who'd like to know, several times a year at St. Mary's, we do what we call a Life in the Spirit Seminar, which is a six-week program introducing us into that deeper life of the Holy Spirit, which all of us are called to have. The last four popes have said this charismatic spirituality is the official spirituality of the Church, and it is, because it's exactly right out of Scripture. And so we'll be probably doing another one in February or March, but we, hopefully I'll be on with you before that, and we can indicate you know, more, if, yeah. if, if, if the world is still where, where it is today, we'll, we'll start that. And so people can come to that and learn how to get those gifts. And I tell them the very first night, by, the, by week five you'll be speaking in tongues. And they look at me like I'm crazy. But it always happens. All of them, without exception. They get that gift of the Holy Spirit, which is a prayer gift. Make it easier to pray and more uh, powerful to pray in God's own language, you know, it's marvelous. The Holy Spirit just takes us over. And then we get those gifts to do the other things I talked about, evangelizing and healing and all of the rest. How it works. So Mary's behind all of that to just push us in that direction. So, Wow. Great new year to start off realizing. Hey. Amen. Un- that's get, uh, get that's under great your stuff, Father. Well, get under your mother's mantle because her mantle yeah. is the most powerful thing. Amen. It's greater than a bunker underground for cyclones, tornadoes. You know, we've got just a couple of minutes left in the conversation, and uh, I, I think, of course, I'd love to ask you, you know, one last question. Um, for everyone, you know, getting the new year started, and we've talked about, you know, Mary, we've talked about her title, Mother of God. What are some good ways? To, I know you talked about the, the rosary earlier, uh, but, you know, for maybe, uh, you know, some Catholics out there that are just tuning in and haven't ever had that real deep, um, you know, relationship with the Mother of God, um, how can they start? I mean, what are some little things that they can do to start getting to know the Blessed Mother? What are some things that they can start that relationship? Well, if they are Catholic at all, they probably know the Hail Mary. Yeah. Just recite it. It's all scriptural. Every word in that prayer is from right out of scripture. Whether Elizabeth said it mm-hmm. or whether uh, the angel said it, whatever. It's just do that. If you, all you're doing is that over and over and over again, that's going to be like a tremendous... Uh, you know, uh, protection around you. Yeah. you know? I do that all the time. Mary, you know, help me get through this. Help me send the Holy Spirit, which is her spouse. Yeah. He obeys her, by the way, to come down and, and fill me with what I need. 
give me the knowledge that I need to help this person. Give me what I need to do to get past this temptation. Yeah. If when you get tempted to sin, if you just start calling out the name of Mary, Satan hates that and he runs like crazy. Yeah. We've had a situation where we had an exorcism where once they invoked Mary, the Satan began to scream and run and the person was instantly delivered because Mary showed up. Yeah. She's there for us as our mother. We just have to learn to love her and stop talking about theologically about her. One final point. People have asked it, you know, how, you know, don't you Catholics worship Mary? No. We honor Mary. Was Jesus a good Jew? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Did he keep the commandments? Amen. What's the fourth commandment? Honor your mother and your father. Yeah. Did Jesus honor his mother? He sure did. So if we do that, are we doing what Jesus did? Amen. How is that wrong? Right. And they just look at you like, duh. Amen, <laughs> Father. Well, folks, again, we've had uh, Father Ed Hoff on uh, with us today. And before we have to break, Father, uh, you know, before we cut, you know, get cut in with the music, would you leave us with uh, your blessing? Sure. I'd be happy to. Lord, may you pour out your holy blessing upon all of those who are listening with us today and all of those who are long for what you, whatever they need, that you will grant to them. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. Amen, Father. That blessing is terribly powerful, by the way. I believe it, Father. Yeah, well, thank powerful. you for uh, joining us today. Uh, man, Alex, what another great episode. What another great program. <laughs> yeah, my hair is blown away. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the music. So uh, thank you, Father Ed, for joining us today. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed the conversation. Uh, if you missed out, please remember to download the In His Vineyard podcast. So until next time and throughout this week, let's all continue to labor with love, joy, and zeal in our hearts. In His Vineyard. Happy New Year, everybody. God, God bless, bless you. all of you. The Holy Name Society invites you to join in honoring His Holy Name during a special hour of prayer on Monday evening, January 3rd, from 7 to 8 p.m. at Blessed Sacrament Catholic Church. Much reparation is needed to change the hearts of all God's children for whom Jesus suffered and died. Bring friends and family members to offer their love for their Savior, Jesus. If you have any questions, please call Marjorie Petrie at 210-828-2675. The Guadalupe Radio Network would like to thank Dignity Women's Center for their support of Catholic Radio in San Antonio. Dignity Women's Center promotes the dignity of women by caring for the total person, physical, psychological, and spiritual. To learn more about their services, which includes physician assistant Olivia Funes, you can call 210-593-4392 or visit them online at DignityWomenCenter.com. Dignity Women's Center, focused on the dignity of women, centered on the love of Christ. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. Since we are all children, we all associate Christmas with Christmas presents. G.K. Chesterton says that everything looks better when it's a gift. A gift is something we don't deserve. If we deserved it, it would not be a gift. And that's why the only possible response to a gift is gratitude. And that is why we hear in the Mass, as we will hear at Christ's Mass, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks. Everything we have is a gift. And that is why Chesterton says, thanks is the highest form of thought. That's why the word Eucharist means thanksgiving. The best kind of giving, says Chesterton, is thanksgiving. 
Want more than a minute? Visit us at Chesterton.org. All Catholic, all the time. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Serving God's holy, Catholic, and Apostolic Church. This is KJMA 89.7 FM, Floresville, San Antonio. Also online at grnonline.com. Your destination for Catholic radio.